0: Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. We we don't want to stop short-sighted. Amen? Amen. I want you to grab your Bibles. Go to Psalm 91. (laughs) Hallelujah. I believe this address may be very familiar to you tonight. (laughs) Psalm 91. Amen. How many of you know that this is the Psalm of Moses? There's many different authors throughout the book of Psalms. Um, Well, probably much like you, I'm in the Psalms every day. (laughs) Um, I've got a lot of different scripture that I read, different books that I'm in right now in depth and study, but I'm in Psalms every day. just seems that especially since i've gotten my passion translation um yeah i'm deep sea diving the psalms it's just powerful but this is such an amazing psalm and as we as we let our eyes roll across these words tonight as we begin to drink in the word of god i want you to think about moses life if there was if there is anything, if you could take this scripture and you can roll it through the DNA of Moses and think about his journey, becoming a mighty deliverer and a shepherd of Israel, and you think about him penning these words, it's so powerful. Uh, in fact, I think if Moses was guest speaking tonight, if I, if I just handed him the mic, I think all of you would sit up a little bit taller in your chair and. You know what i mean are you hearing what i'm saying it takes on a whole new meaning when you attach the messenger to the message are you hearing what i'm saying are you ready let's read it together and i'm in the new king james by the way tonight the new king james he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him I will trust. Surely He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. Glory. He shall cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in the darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes you shall look and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. And all of your ways. And in their their hands they shall bear you up. Lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra. The young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me. Therefore I will deliver him. So I, I got up probably just after five o'clock this morning and went downstairs and started my coffee. I opened up the Psalm 91 to begin to pray like most of us over our state, over the coast. And I began to just walk through our house and begin to pray this powerful Psalm over our state and over our nation. I remember, um, I can actually look down at my Bible right now, and I can see things that I wrote in my Bible on September the 11th, 2001. I remember how Psalm 91 was an address that I seemed not to get out of for probably the next three to four weeks after 9-11 had hit New York City and <clears throat> Washington, DC. I remember that time. I remember praying this Psalm. I remember I'm looking in my margins now and seeing what I wrote down in August of 2005 when Hurricane Katrina was coming right towards New Orleans. All these different dates and times, and actually the new one to my margin this morning was Hurricane Dorian 2019. I remember this time actually in my life. I think every one of you know exactly where you were 2001 September 11th but I remember going to these passages of scripture I remember at that time my my son Josiah he was one year of age and Tory was Victoria was one month old he starts out and Moses writes he says he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge, he's my fortress, he's my God in whom I will trust. Powerful verses here about the dwelling place, the abiding place of the Lord. Grab hold of these words tonight about dwelling, about hiding, and about abiding. They are literally all about the presence. I would say that, that Moses knew something extraordinary about the presence, amen? And what he discovered, I believe, above all things in, in his journey, his sojourning of leaving Egypt now to go into the wilderness to find and discover his, his purpose. and. The very plan of God for his life and come into the discovery of encounter and then to be called and commissioned to go back to deliver the people of God, bringing them out of bondage. I believe what Moses might say to us tonight, I believe it's no stretch of the imagination, is that he would tell us the presence of God is your home. It's he who dwells, it's he who abides. You think about dwelling, you think about staying. The presence of the Lord actually becomes your home. That we're, whatever happens in the future ahead, we are blessed to live in an, in an amazing, extraordinary nation, amen? And you think about the journey of believers that that we will meet in eternity, that are in Sudan right now, that are in Cambodia. We'll we'll hear stories throughout eternity, the stories and the legacy of those that came into the kingdom to Jesus. And we will learn of their sacrifice. We will learn of their extraordinary faith journeys and adventures, but something we will all have in common. The presence had to become our home. I want to ask you just to hold your place in Psalm 91. I want you to just jump over for a moment, just for a moment, to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11. I love this. Concerning what he writes here about to the right spot here. What he writes about Abraham. Just a few verses I wanna grab. I'm gonna begin in verse eight. It says, by faith, Abraham, he obeyed when he was called to go out to a place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. And by faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as a foreigner or in a foreign country. Dwelling in tents, so if you don't have that underline, I want you to underline that because I want to give you something tonight. Dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. And here it is, verse 10, I want to hit this. For he waited for a city which has foundations whose builder and maker is God. Here's what I want to give you tonight. You may want to write it down. Abraham was able to live in a tent because he saw a city. Abraham was able to live in a tent because he saw a city. He was able to be in a place that was mobile, but yet learning how the presence of God was becoming his home. Are you with me tonight? The presence has to become our home while we're sojourning into the high promise of God that he has given to all of us as children, as heirs, as sons and daughters. Abraham was able to live in a tent because he saw a city. Let's go back to Psalm 91. Verse 3. It says, surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers. Hmm. One more time. He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. You may want to write it down tonight. How can the righteous actually be delivered if they're not in peril? How can the righteous be delivered if they're not in peril? I got a second question for you tonight. How can God be with you in trouble if you're immune from having it? (laughs) Are you with me? See, the righteous are actually delivered out of perilous times. Jesus gave this stunning statement that it's like an anchor for all of us that we go back to time and time again. In this world, in this life, you will have many troubles or trials, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I want you to hear this tonight. Whatever you're walking through, God will be faithful to you as your father. He will deliver you. This is your promise. He will deliver you. From that snare, whatever that snare is, whatever that perilous time is, God will see you through. I I think of Daniel could tell us about he went he wasn't exempt and he wasn't immune from stepping into the lion's den he had to go into the den yet god delivered him from what from the peril are you with me tonight the three hebrew children went into the fiery furnace and they said hey If God doesn't even, if He doesn't show up and He doesn't deliver us, we're still not going to bow down to this idol. And what happened is that God delivered them in their trouble. There's going to be trouble, folks. You're going to face trouble. And no one's immune from it. No one's exempt from it. You're going to face trouble over and over. Brian, it's not a positive message. It's a true message. (laughs) But you need to be of good cheer. You're not alone. Moses would tell you, he walked with me all the way through. I found him faithful and true. He found me. He stayed with me. He led me through. Gosh, it's awesome. He says that his truth shall be your shield. These are such powerful words as I think about Moses giving this. His truth shall be your shield And your buckler, you shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrows that fly by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in the darkness, nor of the destruction that lies waste at the noonday. I remember being up just after 9-11. I couldn't sleep. I felt like I didn't sleep for almost two weeks. I was up all through the night. I was so overwhelmed, so burdened for our nation, like all of us, and I was weeping and just groaning unto God. I just, I, I mean, prayers that were just, they were groans, and I can remember that time in our life. I remember Josiah being one. I remember our daughter being just just a month old, and, and there we were, this, our little, the little Gibbs family, and I'm up through the night, and I'm praying. I remember how our our home was laid out, and we had a two-level home at that point, And our master bedroom was on the top, and and I could look out. We had a big, beautiful window in the front of the house, and I could look out across, and I could see this home. And through the night, it would be two, three, four in the morning. There was there was this Muslim family that lived across the street from us, and uh, the man hate he just absolutely hated my guts. And he would I would always say, Hey, how you doing? how you doing? And smile at him and, you know, he would just bore a hole through me. He would just stare at me with just absolute hatred. Would never want to look at me, talk at me, you know. And and when he did, he'd just stare a hole through me. And so soon after 9-11... Just that the whole next week, I was up, like I said, through the nights and praying, and there was activity at their house all through the night. They had their garage door open, and they had about six to eight men that were showing up, and they were loading things into the back of a truck, inside the truck each night, and laying towels over it. They were hiding all of it and getting it in transit and moving it. And I kept looking through the blinds, and I, I kept praying. And finally, I was able to uh, without going through all the details, I was finally able to get the right number that I needed to talk to who I needed to talk to that became an investigation that was actually a part of a tear cell being discovered right in Cincinnati. It's not an exaggeration. I remember um, I want I want to look I'm looking at the scripture again, it says, you shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by the day, nor the pestilence that walks in the darkness. And I remember soon, soon, after, soon after this, at 9-11, my wife and I, uh, i got to get this in order, I remember now. I went out to the mailbox, and it was really strange. I went out to the mailbox... And I, the moment I went to reach for the mailbox, I heard the Lord say, there's coming an attack in the mail. It was so strange. There's coming an attack in the mail. I was like, what in the world? And where my mind went was to the guy across the street could put something harmful in our mailbox. I was thinking about a grenade. <laughs> so, and it just that's where my mind went. I'm like, Lord, I know I just heard you. That is so strange. That is so odd. What? What is that? I went in, I told my wife, I said, the Lord told me there's coming an attack in the mail. I don't know what that means. Next day, heard it again. A few days went by, and we were out in the driveway. We were putting the kids in our Forerunner, and uh, I just thought, well, I'll go out and check the mail. And I, I, went to, I went out in front of the mailbox, and I went to go reach for it, but I, I saw something move down near where my feet were, and I looked, and there was a large snake tangled up, you know, reared back, ready to strike me. I promise you. I had some great boots on that day. Not some really cool boots, you know, but I had some great snake-stomping boots (laughs) I went back, and I kicked that snake as hard as I could in a, in a flash. I kicked that snake as hard as I could, and I kicked it in a way that its body went up on the curb, and the curb ripped its side open, and all of its babies began to fall out its side. It's true. It's true. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. And I heard the Lord, and he said, I told you there's coming an attack in the mail. And I started praying. I went to my pastor at the time. I said, "I heard the strangest word from the Lord. There's coming an attack in the mail. And just a few days later, as we were praying, just trying to pray into a word that just you can hear things that it, it, it doesn't make sense to the natural mind. And just a few days later, then anthrax began to come through. It's interesting this this word, he, He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler, from the perilous pestilence. If you look up pestilence, you will actually find the word anthrax. It means, pestilence means cow disease. Isn't that shocking? It's amazing. In verse 8, I want to bring encouragement to you tonight. I want to bring encouragement to, you know... I, I, think, I think this message would be hitting a little different tonight if we were still right in the zone of that hurricane coming directly to Sarasota. Because all of us were looking at West Palm Beach. And we were looking at the trajectory if it came in. If the eye lands in West Palm, we're just a shot. And we're not a far shot right there. And I began to pray as all of us were praying concerning the storm and crying out, and, he, and then I hit verse 8. But, but it shall not come near you, but you shall, or, or excuse me, only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Wow. You know, see, when I read these words, in my anointed imagination, I go, I go to the brink of the Red Sea. Where God brings you to a place that literally looks like a dead end. But it's actually not a dead end. It's a discovery of a brand new beginning. God brought them in a certain way. God just kept moving them in a certain way, moving them through the mountain pass. If you study the mountain pass, they're through Saudi Arabia. God leads them in a very specific, and he keeps narrowing them and narrowing them and narrowing them through this ridge of mountains and brings them out at this opening at the Red Sea. Everybody is freaking out. This is a dead end. This looks—I mean, this is, I mean, look around you, Moses. This is a dead end. I want to read the verse to you again. Only with your eyes you shall look and see the reward of the wicked. See I, I see, I see Moses, and when they discover that the chariots of the enemies of Egypt are now behind them, I imagine what goes through his mind, all that he left, all through all the plagues, leading them out, and now here they come. How would the Lord surprise him? What would the Lord do on the coast of that sea? He inquires of the Lord. The Lord says, stand still and see my mighty, my mighty glory and my mighty power. Stretch out your hand. Lift up your rod and stretch out your hand. And the Lord blows open the sea. <laughs> you know, I can't wait to meet Moses. And you'll see me in eternity hanging out with him <laughs> and Donna. <laughs> we'll all we'll all just kind of be in proximity. There's Cody, and yeah, I, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I just can't wait. I can't wait to just hang with him because he's my family. But here's what he said. Watch watch these words. It's not to come near you. It's only going to be with your eyes. You're going to look, and you're going to see the reward of the wicked. Wow. He stood on that bank. And then he saw the Lord close the sea and finally, finally deal with his enemies. Wow. What a picture of this. Amen? What a picture of it. Because you have made the Lord, who is, your, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling Place. You have made. Don't miss that. Because you have made. That means you chose wisely. That's what it means. <laughs> I can see the Indiana Jones movie. I see the night saying he chose wisely. <laughs> Some of you got that. You can watch Indiana Jones later throughout Labor Day weekend. He chose wisely. No evil shall befall you nor any plague come near your dwelling. You know what I you know what I'm getting at? You and I are safe. That's what I'm getting at. You and I are safe because his presence is your dwelling place. His presence is your habitation. His very presence is your safe tower, it's your refuge, it's your safe place, his very presence. Watch this. He'll give angels charge over you. Whoa. God's giving charge of angels for you to keep you in all of your ways. And their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. I want to stop right here and I want, to, I want to say to you that God is never without a plan. Amen. God is never without a plan. He is putting things together. He is called the way maker. He is called the way maker. You may not see it. It may not make sense. Didn't make a whole lot of sense till the power of God came and, poof, and blew open those waters. But He's the waymaker. He's never without a plan. He's never white knuckling the throne. He's never having an anxiety attack, panic attack. He's never walking through the throne room, you know, moving in a place of anxiety. Oh my God, what am I gonna do for them? How in the world am I gonna help them? This, is, Gabriel, this is jacked. I've never had this level of a scenario. I don't. I don't. No. It, no. No. He's never without a plan. And what's awesome? He's working on every one of our behalf. Every one of us every one of us. But here it is. He dispatches angels to us. We don't talk enough about this in the church. I'm telling you, we don't talk enough about this in the church. God dispatches angels. He's watching over his word to perform that word. He makes sure that the word that he declares, I'm quoting scripture here, you know that, the word that he declares forth out of his mouth, it never returns unto him void or the void means what? Empty. It'll never return back to him empty. He watches over it. The Holy Spirit, it's that that picture of Him hovering over the Word, like He hovered over the waters of the deep on the earth in creation. The Lord's hovering over the words, over your life, over your destiny. He's hovering over it. He's watching over it because it's going to become a full reality and a manifestation, what He said. And it will not return back unto Him void, but it will accomplish all that He sends it for. Forth to do. And if that's not good enough, if that's not good enough, he assigns angels to that word. This is why I go to this address all the time Psalm 91 because I have to remind myself that the Lord is watching over my commission. He's watching over my divine assignment. I remind myself that God is watching over our assignment. He's watching over the family. He's watching over his kingdom. He's watching over America. Hallelujah. What a good God he is. What a good God he is. Hallelujah. Verse 13, are you there? Verse 13, page 834 in the Spirit-Filled Life (laughs) Bible. I love this. It says, you shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot. Now, don't you forget this. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot. See, Moses starts with in your journey. Here's the success. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. It's where you begin. The presence is your home. The presence is your safe place. The presence carries you. The presence directs you. The present redirects you. Amen. But then, but then, through this journey, he does something along the way that he transforms us in a way that we start overcoming things. And we start treading on things that used to bite us. Are you hearing? Are you hearing? We start treading on things that used to bite us or torment us or vex us. No, he puts us in such a way that we become overcomers. And he says, you're going to start trampling these things under your foot. Let me tell you, this has to be an encouragement to everyone in this room. God is so faithful to you. He will never stop being faithful to you. His presence will always surround you, always keep you, and He's transforming you so that you can walk on the things that once terrified you and scared you to make you a champion and an overcomer. Isn't that amazing? Now, here we go. I love this, because he has set his love upon me, therefore, I will deliver him. Hold your place right there tonight, and I want you to go to Deuteronomy chapter 7. And I believe it's so important to just take these next few moments for this portion of scripture, Deuteronomy chapter 7. And are you there? So I'm going to read Psalm 91 once again. Here it is, verse 14. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. Now watch these words in verse 6. I'm in chapter 7 of Deuteronomy. Watch the words of 6 and 7. Are you there? A few more. Are you there? Okay, good. Good. For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself as a special treasure. Now this is Moses once again, right? The book of Deuteronomy is Moses recapping, setting them down, the tribes of Israel, and recapping where they have been with God so they can be launched into their future and never lose sight of the covenants. And never lose sight of the promises of God. So the Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself. A special treasure above all the peoples of the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love on you. Nor chose you. Because you were more in number than any other people. For you were the least of all peoples, but because the Lord loves you, (laughs) and because He would keep the oath which He swore to your fathers, the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of bondage, from the hand of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt." See, I'm knocking on something right now. See, God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. God lifts up the lowly. God stands up over the least. And it says that, read Moses' words now in Psalm 91. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. And watch these next words. I will set him on high because he has known my name. God takes the humble. He watches over your life. And he'll take the humble and he'll set you on high. He'll choose you in your brokenness like he chose Israel. They were the least. I didn't choose you because you were the greatest of number. I didn't choose you because you were the most powerful, radiant nation. No, I chose you because you were the least. (laughs) It's humbling, isn't it? But when that humility comes into your spirit, God watches over that, and he goes, Ha, yeah, I'm going to raise you up, and I'm going to set you on high. It's a promise of God. Are you with me tonight? He shall call upon me and I will answer. One more time. He shall call upon me and I will answer. You know what this deals with is, this deals with confidence. You know, everyone wants to have confidence in prayer. Amen? That was was weak. Amen? (laughs) Everybody wants to have confidence in prayer. But he says, you're going to call to me, and I'm going to answer you. Now, where does does this promise begin? He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Because you've made the presence your home, because you've made the presence your dwelling place, you'll call to me and I'll answer. In 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, he says that this is the confidence that we have in him. This is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Verse 15. Can you go to the next verse? Thank you. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we will have the petitions that we ask of him. Go back to 14 quickly. Carolyn, thank you so much. This is the confidence that we have in him. See, Moses could write confidently after a life and a legacy of journey with God. He would say, if you stay in the presence, if you stay in the presence You'll talk to God, God will hear you, and He'll answer you. I'm gonna tell you folks, that should give you great confidence. I mean, we're not, we're not pr- we, we haven't been praying for days concerning a hurricane, hoping and a wishing. We've been praying with confidence because we're sons and daughters. And when we talk to God, we have access into the throne room because of the blood of Jesus. And we start moving in the power. See, when you grab hold of Psalm 91 and you begin to declare the power of this promise over your life and the access that has been granted unto us in the presence of God, you start moving in authority and power and confidence. You have to take this psalm. You have to take this word. And many of you have lived, I'm looking through this room, every one of us have lived long enough to know how to take the word of God and start working it. And start working it. You take the word of God and you start bending your life into that word and declaring it over your life over your family, over your body, over the pestilence over the attack, over whatever it is and then you start moving in confidence knowing that the things which I ask of God God's going to hear me and He will answer He will answer Glory I'll be with him or I'll be with her in trouble. You know, it's interesting. It doesn't say I will be with him or her so that they won't be in trouble. No, you're going to be in peril. You're going to meet trouble. I've told my kids. They're not kids. They're, they're young adults. I've got a young man back there and a young woman over here. I've told them, I said, hey, when you go out in the world, you can't play it safe hoping that you don't run into trouble. Trouble comes looking for you. I've taught my kids that. Trouble will come looking for you, and you have to be ready for it. That's why, that's why Moses also wrote in Genesis chapter 4, and I believe it's verse 9, he says that sin is actually crouching at your door, but you must master it. Trouble will come looking for you. But the good news is, is if you're in the presence, and if you've made His presence your abiding place, if you've made the presence your home, you'll be ready for the trouble. And when the devil is trying to spin you out in the vortex, you will have footing, sure footing and confidence to go, oh, no. Oh, no. God will deliver him. And here's the words. He'll honor him. With long life and satisfy him. And show him his salvation. What if God shows up and puts on a show? (laughs) I was praying this. Just a couple nights ago, it says, I will show him my salvation. I said, Lord, I want you to come on our coastline. I want you to put on a show. (laughs) I want you to put on a show. I want you to deal with this. God's going to show up, and he wants to honor you. That's humbling, isn't it? That's, it's, it's humbling that God says, I want to honor you. And, and when we step over and we're in eternity together and the rewards are released, we will marvel. Because Jesus said, those who even gave just a cup of cold water in my name will not go without reward. We will be in awe and in shock what the Lord is handing out rewards for faithfulness for. Isn't that beautiful? God says, I'm going to honor you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to wrap it up tonight. (laughs) He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, he shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord... He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I will trust. I want you to stand to your feet tonight, and I'm going to pray once again. I want you to grab a hand, and we're going to pray for the Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com.